ants. They're organised, industrious and hungry. But in the undergrowth, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Empires of the Undergrowth is a fast-paced ant colony management game developed by Slug Disco Studios. Underground, you build your nest, construct tunnels and store food. On the surface, your ants claim territory, gather resources and clash with other colonies. Head to thenakedscientist.com forward slash empires game for more. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Do, do your exercises. British soldier, British soldier, do it as fast as you can without messing it up. Go on. British soldier, British soldier, British soldier, British soldier, British soldier. British shoulder, Sh- shoulder, Norfolk Constabulary. <laughs> Don't get that one wrong. Hello, this is the Naked Gaming Podcast with me, Lee Milner, and... Chris Barrow. Hello, it's our 50th what? episode. No, really? What, what did we get? We've gone gold. No? <laughs> no. I don't know what that means. We don't, get, we don't get anything. Although it's only the first one of 2022, so what happened? What happened that it was just a little bit delayed? Christmas. Christmas. I mean, Christmas was how long ago? A long time ago. <laughs> It's been just really busy. Yeah, it's been really busy. We've been gaming hard. So we, <gasps> yeah. we got the Oculus. We got that's what happened. We got the Oculus. The Oculus Quest Two. Not even just the one. The two. It's amazing. So there aren't really that many new games out. So we're going to review that this episode. Mm-hmm. But we're going to do the classic retro revival and stuff like that as well. And Simulator of the Month with Alex Rhodes, Ooh. who's um, decided to become a mechanic just in case journalism and radio doesn't quite work out. I'm the kind of guy who struggles with changing his oil, let alone a tyre. And if you're like me, and you're absolutely sick of seeing Wordle on Twitter, yeah. I'm sick of it, Chris. Here's my squares. I got the Wordle game I don't care! Today. I don't care. I don't care about that, or your fluffy dog, or what you've had for tea. Don't care. Anyway, well. we'll be talking about uh, Wordle and why it's so popular. And is it even a video game? If you're listening, then make sure you subscribe. You can find us on Twitter. We're at Naked Gaming Pod. Just don't tweet us your Wordle scores. No, no, they will be blocked. First up, it's the news with Wordle's biggest fan, Lee Milner. The biggest deal in gaming history has been announced as Microsoft take over Activision Blizzard. They make games like Call of Duty, World of Warcraft and Candy Crush. It's worth more than £50 billion, which is a lot. Activision Blizzard has been criticised though for having a frat culture and it's hoped that the takeover will be a chance to reset for the company. Meanwhile, Microsoft have announced that they plan to release the next three Call of Duty games on Xbox and PlayStation. It also comes a year after Microsoft bought Bethesda for more than £5 billion. The deal is expected to be finalised next year. Legendary American football coach and commentator John Madden has died at the age of 85. He was the face and name of Madden NFL football, one of the most successful sports video games ever. Valve's handheld console, the Steam Deck, is releasing on the 25th of February. It's a handheld gaming PC that should allow you to play all the games from your Steam library. 
The idea is to allow people to play PC games without having to buy an expensive gaming computer. However, if you haven't ordered it already, you probably won't be getting one until the second half of the year. Not quite full steam ahead then. And the Oculus Quest has just changed its name to MetaQuest, but their logo is still a big O. Oh dear. Thank you, Lee. So that was breaking news for the recording of this Break, podcast. Break, literally, hot off the press. Just in the time where we said we got the Oculus Quest and then it was time for the news. In that time, they've changed the name of the Oculus Quest. And I added the joke. I was very pleased with that. You're happy with that. <laughs> You're happy with yourself. I'm done. I'm done now. <laughs> Stop kidding around, Snake. We'll come on to our review of the Oculus Quest 2, the VR headset. But before that, one game is taking the internet by storm, and you're a big fan of this game, aren't you? No. Wordle. No. Do you know how Wordle... Have you even played it? You don't think you've even played Wordle? No, I have. Have you actually? actually? Have you actually? Yeah. Right. I gave it a go. So... Once. If you've never heard of this online game, Uh I, I struggle to call it that, you get six guesses to try and identify a word. So, for example, all the words are five letters. So let's say you guess naked... And then if the N is in the right place, it'll turn green. Whereas if the A is the right letter, but the wrong place, it's yellow. It's like Scrabble mixed with Countdown. If you don't get it in six, you lose. If you do, which everybody does because it's not that difficult, you get it all green and everyone goes hooray. And then they post it on Twitter. Our friend, Dr. Chris Hedliand, uh, has just started a new job. Head of Game Design Technology at Staffordshire University. That's a real round of applause there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we spoke about this and I asked, is it even a video game, first of all? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll probably class anything as... If you're playing it on a computer, it's a video game. And there's loads of different classes of um, video games, you know, mobile games, puzzle games, uh, different formats of video game. But yeah, I would say it's, it's an online video game. It's obviously grown massively in popularity in the last month or so. Why do you think that is? Because... It's the sort of game which you can't play for very long. So there's a few things that make a puzzle game successful. Um, on this occasion, it is just difficult enough. Now, that's something that you want. You want something that feels challenging, so that, that sense of accomplishment, but not so challenging that you can't achieve it. It has this kind of nostalgic quality as well. You know, as you play it, you, you're kind of taken back to you know the games that we used to play, sat around the table. You know, yeah, things like Scrabble and, and so on. And that's the other side. It's incredibly intuitive. You don't really need to learn the game. You can just start playing. There's no complicated rules. You don't need to understand the the different key combos uh, as you do with some games. There's no barrier to entry, so you can just jump online and play. I think it's sort of the game that 2022 needs. It's a good reminder to to just take three minutes away from your computer. You know, a lot of people are working from home. It's you know eating their lunch at their desk and things like that, and it's. It's just a good reminder just to take three minutes just to do something else. Despite being a single-player game game that you play yourself, it has this social element. You're sharing it online and you're, you're comparing your, your Wordle patterns with your friends and things like that. So it still has this, this really nice um, social element to it. I would say that one of the things that reminds me to play is the daily uh, tweets that people are, are putting out that say, oh, I managed to get today's Wordle in three guesses, or I managed, oh, it was a difficult one today, I got it in six. I think that there's a huge amount of um, sort of free advertising yeah. that they're getting online as well from, from tw- people tweeting out and, and posting their results. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's 
something that makes these kind of indie games really successful you know it's the right person tweeting it at the right time and i think the the fact that you can represent wordle as as a series of emojis you know that that present the pattern uh, i think is i mean it wasn't even part of the original design you know that, that came through it being tweeted uh, and that's just fantastic you know it's it's really allowed it to take off because one of the most remarkable things about it is that there aren't adverts that it isn't scraping your data you know and, and people obviously love that at the same time how can the creator of the game actually make any money from it or do they just not care about that is it just simply for fun for everyone to enjoy on this occasion you have a creator who him and his partner just like puzzle games you know and they create a nice puzzle that they can they can play together and they've shared that with the world you know is it a business model no um but there's also not a lot to games like this. You know, you you know, a, a half decent computer scientist, a, a game student could produce a game like Wordle relatively easily. Although he could monetize it, monetizing it hasn't been the focus. But one day, recently, the Wordle was favor F A V O R, massively controversial because that's the American spelling, and the website for it is a .co.uk. So is isn't that the biggest disgrace about this game? Well, you know, it's. Um... <laughs> Teaching Americans how to spell. Um, that's that's not a... Uh, that <laughs> I don't want to touch that one with a 12-foot barge pole. Well, there you go. So it's a little bit like... Do you remember House Party? And you used to play mm. a game on there when you put a sticker on your head and the other person has to guess what it is with some clues. I mean, what, well, exactly. You can't even remember it. I mean, this I is, can't even this really is remember lit- House Party. That just proves my point. It's going to go eventually. Yeah. but It's already gone in my head. <laughs> You can't block things in real life. I do. Because I just block all the people that tweet about it. Oh, and uh, by the way, congratulations to Dr. Chris Headley because he's just had a baby. What? He's smashing life. Uh, well, I don't know how new he had job. time to... I was going to say new baby. Yeah. He has got a new job and a new baby. I don't know how he's had time to speak to us. But anyway, he's... Yeah, but I, was, I was thinking, of course it's a new baby. You can't have an old baby. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a bit weird. <laughs> now, as we said earlier... The reason why you haven't heard from us is because we've just been playing the Oculus. We've been playing the Oculus. You've been playing the... Oh, sorry, the MetaQuest. Sorry, no. Yes, the MetaQuest. <laughs> MetaQuest 2 now. doesn't quite have the same ring to it, does it? I thought that, right. I thought the whole point was that Facebook renamed its overarching yes, big company thought, yeah. to Meta yeah. to separate that from things like Facebook, Instagram and Oculus. So why are they now renaming the Oculus Meta? Because that defeats the point of rebranding as Meta. So is Facebook Meta? The company that used to own them all. Yeah, but if they're changing Oculus... I know. That means they have to change Facebook. Well, I don't know why they don't. I think they are trying to do that. What? But why Why try and fix something when it's already amazing? It's- Talk to Meta, the Meta support. Anyway, so this is now the Meta Quest 2. It's going to confuse me. So the one we got cost 400 quid. I wouldn't know because you just buy everything. (laughs) This is This is the 256 gigabyte version, which means you can get loads of games on the headset. There is a 300 quid version, which is a bit less memory. That'd probably be good enough for most people, I would say. Okay. Because there aren't actually that many games that you can get at the moment. It comes in black or white. We got the white one because it was in stock. I was to say you didn't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just went ahead and got it. Okay, okay. Now, here's the questions for you, firstly. Mm. You've played PlayStation VR mm. and 
Meta VR. Mm. God, stupid, stupid name. What do you think of the difference of the two? Because this one, you don't need a console to play. So this one, you can just stick the headset on and you're in. I would say that this one wins because you literally just pop the headset on and away you go. Whereas the other one is a little bit more, if you don't have, obviously, the PlayStation, you can't play it. So it's cheaper because we were talking about this with my mum and dad. They were thinking about getting one. And then surprisingly, they were actually going to go buy PlayStation VR. And then you literally said, hang on a minute. You didn't realise you can just get the Oculus. Sorry, the Meta. (laughs) What is it called? Meta what? Meta Quest 2. The Meta Quest 2. And you don't have to buy the PlayStation. So I think the Oculus wins in terms of value for money. And just also, if you haven't got a PlayStation, don't worry about it. You can just buy this one instead. Now, you said to me, the first thing was the eyes are a bit blurry on this game. Yeah, it's a bit weird when you first try it, because when you pop it on your head, it's like going for an eye exam. (laughs) You can change how far apart the lenses are. Yeah. Um, And they have three kind of options. Um, I'm on number two, you're on number three. Mm. Um, It's a little bit weird because obviously your eyes are facing the lenses and it kind of feels as if you're in this different universe but your eyes are constantly adjusting all the time thinking oh this is a bit weird mm. is you know how far away are things but as you play it you get used to it and that goes away now the games that's the most important thing like yeah okay the tech specs it's more hd resolution when you put it on whatever how good are the games well this so we've played so far beat saber mm which is the number one downloaded game. Everybody seems to love Beat Saber. Pistol Whip, Jurassic World Aftermath, Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners, Mini Golf, Tennis. So those are the games we've played. Yeah. Start with Beat Saber. I think this is the best game. They call Hands it down. the MVP of, you know, like the most valuable player of the VR world. Because oh, okay. everybody loves Beat I Saber. Think, I think VR headsets, including the Oculus, were designed for this game. It's fun. You've got, you know, music. You're trying to hit uh, objects in time with the music. It's just co- it's just a cool game to play. You love music anyway, though. This is like your genre of music. And then the gameplay is that the blocks fly at you and you have to slash them in different directions. A bit like kind of a Guitar Hero vibe, you know, with the, the buttons flying at you and you have to hit them in time. And what's amazing is that you can buy um, extra packs um, where you can download different albums. So you can get Lady Gaga's album or you can get Skrillex. And it's really, really good and addictive. By the time you know it, you've kind of been playing on it for like an hour. <laughs> That's the problem. It becomes your world. <laughs> no, but this, so the only big problem that we ran into was this problem where, so I've got an account and you've got an account on the Oculus. Mm-hmm. And if I buy a game, let's say Jurassic World, you can play that. Yeah. But if I, and if I buy Beat Saber, you can play that. But if I buy the Lady Gaga tracks of Beat Saber, mm-hmm. you then can't play them because it's linked to your account. And then you, to, to be able to play it yourself, you have to buy the Lady Gaga pack and Beat Saber again, which is like 30, 35 quid extra to spend. Yeah, I think um, you 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 won though your case there with this, didn't you? <laughs> I went to the now. Well, it was called Oculus Support at the time, and I said, "Excuse me, but you're you're saying that this get you know it's so shareable and it's multi-account and it's you know amazing that everyone can do this, but he doesn't work with Beat Saber." And they went, "There's nothing we can do." And I said, well, <laughs> "Are you sure? Well, you haven't met me yet. <laughs> I've won very, every case." <laughs> that's very disappointing to hear because you did. You know, I, the reason I bought it was that the, the shared accessibility. And they went. 
I think we can make a one-off exception oh, in this case. They're now going to get loads of complaints from everybody who, get, who does well, this. Well, it should work yeah, yeah, on yeah. multiple yeah, yeah, yeah. consoles. I don't yeah. mind buying the, the music twice. I yeah. get that because yeah. music is, is licensed differently. But you shouldn't then have to rebuy the game. Not if you have one Oculus, two accounts, you're both using it. Anyway, we, the other games we played, Pistol Whip, just give us... Oh, that's good. I would say... Pistol Whip is the next level up. It's quite intense, but it's it's the same sort of concept, except you're shooting at things in time with the music. Now, the first time I played this, it, it sent me a bit dizzy because <laughs> you're standing still in real life, but in the game, you're moving forward. And it's a little bit of like, whoa. Do you remember the, like House of the Dead and Time Crisis and all those games you used to play in the arcades? With You'd have like guns and the real life plastic, you know, plastic guns that you'd be shooting at the screen, you'd have to shoot off to reload. It felt like that, but more immersive. Yeah, definitely. You're you're in it, and then they fire bullets at you, and to dodge the bullets, you have to actually move your head. Well, there's a video of me that we're not going to share. Because you're wearing pyjamas. Because I'm wearing pyjamas. In fact, those pyjamas that you're wearing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just never get out of them. Um, (laughs) But I'm literally dodging and diving and ducking, and like it really gets you moving. And by the end of it, it feels like a workout. You're knackered, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. And then we've got Jurassic World Aftermath. I played a lot more of this than you. I got this one for you because you're immersed in a world where you can look up and then you can see like a stegosaurus leaning over and, and eating some leaves and stuff. Now, I thought I'd like this, but... The controls are quite fiddly, though. That's the problem with it. On some of these games, by the way, you use the controller. So you you've got use, like two hand controllers. Yeah, yeah, whereas on Beat Saber and, let's say, Pistol Whip... You're slashing and shooting rather than using the joystick, basically. That's it. And I don't like using the joystick because what's the point? You might as well just play normal PlayStation or Xbox or whatever. Now, Walking Dead... Oh, my God, this is the best thing in, in the world. I recorded you. I don't think you actually knew I was recording. No, I didn't at the time. No. I've, I've certainly heard it back now. And I've never heard you make noises like this before. Or swear quite so much. Oh, f- Oh, f- No! So Walking Dead Saints and Sinners with me being that uh, that was really scary and you're not it's not it wasn't scary though that's it, the thing is, you're you grabbing what feels like a real life axe and slashing a zombie in the head with it you get scared too easy I enjoyed it that, that's a good one though that's a good one to play that if you like the zombie games that's really really cool you it feels like you're in the game now this is the one that your dad enjoyed the most it's a game called Eleven which is like a table tennis game uh, oh, this is a good one. This is surprisingly accurate. This is like the Wii times 10. Like, imagine the Wii and imagine putting a headset on and you are literally playing table tennis. This is my dad. Listen to this. Oh, I keep forgetting it says... (laughs) Yes, come on. Oh, come on. 10-8. That's it, game. Done him. I tell you what, he absolutely loved that. That was good. Wasn't What's it? funny is he nearly fell over on the sofa, though. God, he's getting careful, re- Gary. He's getting a careful. bit. He's getting a bit involved. He's leaning <laughs> over. Going, come on, come on. The serving was very difficult. But though, it just goes to show anybody can have a go. Like there are games that are obviously a bit harder, uh, but there are games like Eleven, like I would say Beat Saber, that um, you know your mum and dad can have a go, or even your nan and granddad. And also with the table tennis, if your parents get an Oculus, ugh, a Meta, uh, we can play table tennis against them over the internet. Don't tell. No, I have told them that. Oh, they'll be wanting to do that every night. We're like house party all over again during lockdown. Sorry, we're offline. (laughs) Um, What's your overall verdict then? Because you've got to consider that £400 is a steep price tag 
uh, or, or 300 pounds it's quite a steep price tag for someone who doesn't necessarily gain right. that much i am the perfect person to ask because i'll be honest i wasn't convinced right at the beginning when you said i want to get an oculus i was like all right you said oh you can leave it till next month if you leave want it, yeah i wasn't too bothered now that i've had a go it is worth every penny it is absolutely mind-blowing and i know in like 10 years time it's gonna feel like real life which is scary it is the future though isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. no it's really good i would probably give it a i give it a nine out of ten only because some games they use the the, the hand controllers, the joysticks, a bit too much. I want to feel more, you know... There needs to be a better way of controlling that. If you're going to be moving around, maybe you should, like, have to step forward and you move forward or something rather than having a joystick. It doesn't quite The only problem with that is you'd have to have a massive living room. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get a Which, bigger living room. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's, well, yeah that's the solution. Um, so, yeah, I would give it a 9 out of 10. It's really good. It's surprisingly good. Uh, the games are amazing, but I just think sometimes they could uh, maybe just make it a bit more hands-on rather than using the controllers. How about yourself? I was shocked at how good it was. I just didn't think it was good. I, I wanted to get one, and I thought, yeah, it'll be good. I'll play it a bit every now and then. And it's taking over from my other gaming time. I haven't really had time to play Mass Effect Legendary Edition <laughs> recently. <laughs> Oh, no. Because <laughs> this is taking over, but it's good. It's interesting. Um, so, yeah, if you've got one, let us know what you think. Or if you're thinking about getting one, what's stopping you from making the final jump? Because I would say from our experience, uh, we're glad we did it. It's uh, at Naked Gaming Pod on Twitter. Uh, send us a message. <laughs> it's retro revival time. There's only really a couple of new games this month. Uh, I played Ultimate Frisbee, as you know, oh. at university, right? I was a Frisbee maestro. You tell everyone we meet, yep. Do I? Yeah. And what do they do? They walk away saying <laughs> uh, So I was really happy to see that the team behind Streets of Rage 4, who did that kind of extra game, have made a new version of Windjammers called Windjammers 2. So what exactly is Windjammers? If you didn't play the original, it's an old school game from 1994. It's a bit like uh, Pong. You know, like the, the ball goes backwards and forwards. Yeah. Uh, but you use a frisbee. Okay. And it's one against one. Mm-hmm. Or like volleyball, you know, like a one-on-one volleyball kind of game. Yeah. And what you do is you catch the frisbee and then you choose to throw it, you know, with a bit of spin or you throw it up, down, left, right. You can lob it. You can kind of do super powerful shots. And then your opponent has to try and run to that location without it flying past them and hitting the back. Right. Okay. And you score points every time you manage to get it. Like air hockey. You love air hockey. It's basically that in a game. To me, it sounds a little bit boring. Do you know what? It was interesting. I played it for the first time and I thought, yeah, it's fine. I played a few games. I won one, I lost one, and I thought, okay, that's enough. I put it away. And then I did a very long 14-hour shift. (laughs) And on the way home, normally I'm so tired that I fall asleep. But I thought... Something's making me want to play Windjammers again. So I got it out on the Switch. You can get it on anything, but I got it out on the Switch. And I played it for probably half an hour more. And then I keep finding myself going back to it. It's surprisingly complicated to get the hang of. So it's one of those games that you can just pick up at any point, have a play, and then put it back down. Which, interestingly, at my work, a lot of mums say those sort of games are the perfect games They're to play. They're looking for that kind of When they have children, up. they can yeah. just pick it up. A little bit like Animal Crossing. You can just pick it up, play it for half an hour, put it back down. And there's no, like, pressure on Animal Crossing. No. Well, this no. one's kind of the same. You win or you lose, and you just think, you could play a game of this in three minutes. 
And the and actually, it looks very much like Streets of Rage as well. well. So it's the same team, and they did such a good job with Streets of Rage Four. And everyone's saying, you know, with Windjammers Two, that they've done the same kind of thing. They've just updated it enough, but they've kept that classic feel to it. If you played the original, which I haven't, but I'm really, really enjoying this. And it's only eighteen quid. Okay. For a game that you could be playing for hours and hours. So maybe if you had like a long journey or something like that, that'd be, it'd be perfect. What would you give it out of 10? It's an 8 out of 10, which is surprising because when I initially played it, I just thought, it, and it's never going to take up my attention or time. It's a 5 out of 10, whatever kind of game. But it drew me back in. Uh, you could get it on all platforms except for the mobile. And it's really good. Power up. Now it's time for our reporter, Alex Rusty Rhodes. <laughs> to be back with our simulator of the month. And this time he's channeling his inner mechanic. Hello, Chris and Lee. It's Alex here, back for another month. Now, this month I'm playing a game where basically you buy something that's kind of run down, kind of looks like a piece of junk these days. Had some, you know, we had really something going for it in the past, but it's been kind of, you know, it's a bit dirty. Maybe there's something kind of creepy living in the back of it. You know, it needs a lot of work, but it's got potential. Now, I'm not talking about Microsoft buys Activism Blizzard Simulator 2022. I'm talking about Car Mechanic Simulator, available now on the PlayStation Network. Soon, no doubt, to be one of the four games remaining on the PlayStation Network after Microsoft buys them all. <laughs> so, uh, as you can hear, I'm, I'm in the body shop at the moment. The music is pumping. Let's see what we got. Okay, so repair bench. Okay, so the car I've got here, yeah, this is a good, this is a good metaphor, you know. It's a nice-looking sort of Cadillac, but it's all rusted. It's all crappy-looking on the outside. It needs a lot of work done for it. So let's take the let's take the hood off. Okay, I'm looking at the engine. I'm not very good at um, car mechanic stuff anyway. I had to sell my car um, when I moved to London. But like, um, I'm the kind of guy who struggles with changing his oil, let alone a tire car lift. Right, let's lift it up. Go up. It's not lifting up off the ground. This is a disaster already. There were no no items to work with. I'm supposed to be in the tutorial here and I don't know what the hell's going on. It's basically like I've been let loose inside a shell garage. Um, This is like a mafia kind of chop shop where we've nicked this car and now we have to cut it down and uh, before we ship it over to China. Now, in theory, what you can do is once you've sort of got it ready to go, you can take it out on the test track, but I'm worried I might die at the moment if I do that. Oh, I can sell bits and pieces, so let's sell this. A bolt cape right side mirror. You probably don't need that, do you? $15 in the bank. Sell the door. Okay, the left door's gone. I've now got $4,000 because I had some money before. I'm going to tell you now, you know, a basic knowledge of cars is probably needed. You know how in GTA they have all like the knockoff licenses? Um, because uh, none of the real car manufacturers want their, you know, no one wants their Ford Capri to actually plough down a load of pedestrians in a computer game. Um, Can't start the engine because I took the engine out. So all I've done really is ruin these cars and made them functionless. This is way more in-depth than I thought it was to be. I'm used to playing the simulators on the um, iOS store, which are basically junk and are so basic that anyone can do them. This is slightly more complicated and thus I can't do them. This is actually making me anxious because it makes me feel like, you know, my car, my car in real life has broken down back in the day when, you know, something would happen and it just wouldn't work. And then I'd have to shamefacedly call my dad. I'm going to have to give up. This has been a complete washout. 
So, you know, if your car ever breaks down at the side of the road, Chris and Lee, don't call me. All I'll do is accidentally take the engine block out. I won't be able to find the gear pump or whatever it's called. And I'll sell the doors off to some uh, Russian, you know, chop shop. All while this kind of... What is this? Divorced dad techno, I'd describe it as. Blasts in the background. But if you're into your cars... This looks good. This is clearly very in-depth. You get to drive the cars at the end. If you want to do this without having to spend a load of money on bits and pieces that might not work, then I recommend it. We get him to do all sorts, don't we? I love it. There weren't really any new games. No. Sorry, Alex. He was playing all the blockbusters, like Far Cry (laughs) 6, Battlefield 2042. Now it's like back on the crappy It's a long fall from the top, Alex. (laughs) That's a long way down. Video games get a bad rap sometimes, especially when it comes to like age appropriateness of games. Remember the whole like um, GTA thing? Young kids were playing eighteen plus games, and yeah. you know, we need to do more to stop kids playing. Well, there's some new research, which is from the Naked Scientist team. Actually, they've All been right. investigating this uh, from the University of Geneva that says that there are some benefits to playing video games that people didn't realise before. Okay, uh, this is Trisha Smith who's been investigating. I like to play video games to decompress after a long exhausting I mean a wonderful and fulfilling day at the office but did you know that playing video games could be good for children's literacy I'm not talking about educational games either it's action games Call of Duty Halo Overwatch even Fortnite where you have to focus on lots of things happening at once and make decisions quickly that could make a difference sounds too good to be true right but Angela Pascolotto explained We know that reading is, uh, at its core, a linguistic skill, yet it relies not only on uh, oral language abilities, but also on uh, several executive functions uh, like working memory, cognitive flexibility and inhibitory control. In particular, reading calls for an efficient extraction of the visual information from the page, uh, It puts special demands on eye movements and the attentional system. That's why attentional control is involved and is crucial in reading. And when you were testing the effect of action video games compared with a a non-action video game, what were the main findings of of that study? Training all these uh, attentional control and executive process promoted not only attentional control per se, but also reading skills in Italian-speaking children that were between 9 to 12 years old. And what is interesting to notice is that these improvements were maintained six months later after the end of the training and also influenced school grades in Italian at 18 months after the end of the training. So just by playing an action video game compared to playing a game that was not action, you're getting these improvements in reading skill? Exactly, exactly. Is that going to be the same for other languages? This is uh, actually part of what we are uh, doing right now. So the game will be adapted into German, French and English uh, and deployed in these four languages. And the main aim uh, is that we would like to understand how to alleviate the different uh, uh, roadblocks to literacy acquisition, because all these languages are very different in terms of orthographic uh, characteristics. So the link between the sound of the language and uh, the way in which it is written is uh, very different uh, between uh, all these four languages. And we expect our game to be beneficial, however, the extent of uh, 
whether this different in terms of transparency or in the writing systems is still uh, an open question. These benefits that you get in improving your executive functions by playing these action video games, is that a benefit that I, at the age of 28, will be seeing? Or is that something that you think happens just during the initial learning process? Luckily for us, it is something that we can expect. It happens throughout our entire life. It is due to our incredible ability of the brain to modify and reshape due to intensive training. We could expect that children who have higher brain plasticity can benefit more from this kind of training. Uh, But this doesn't mean that it doesn't make sense, even as adults, to train our uh, brain functions. What do you think about the negative stigma that's associated with kids playing video games all the time? Yeah, uh, I'm a completely non-gamer, despite the fact that I'm uh, developing video games. And so I completely get that there is a stigma surrounding this topic. And as always, there is uh, no clear uh, specific uh, answer that we can um, give. But what we can say is that the right amount of uh, this kind of action video games is certainly producing a, a positive effect on cognition. And so it is worth to consider that there are positive impact in playing video games. Trisha Smith there with Angela Pasqualotto, and you'll find the paper in Nature Human Behaviour. And just finally, a few games to look out for this year in the first quarter, let's say. Most of them are releasing in late January, early February. So there's Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection, which mm-hmm. is like a remastering of the Uncharted games. Yeah. Just come out, just come out, just got its day. Uh, Pokemon Arceus, which has also just come out. Uh, Dying Light 2, which is like zombies. It's a bit like The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, but not in VR. But it's huge budget. I I can't wait for this, to be honest. That's uh, coming out on the 4th of Feb. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West on the 18th of Feb, which is that kind of... You're playing an awesome female archer, and then you're you're, you're attacking all these robots. That looks quite good. And Elden Ring, which is very much not your kind of game. So finally, some games. Tell you what, I hope you save some Christmas money. Ants. They're organised, industrious and hungry. But in the undergrowth, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Empires of the Undergrowth is a fast-paced ant colony management game developed by Slug Disco Studios. Underground, you build your nest, construct tunnels and store food. On the surface, your ants claim territory, gather resources and clash with other colonies. Head to thenakedscientist.com forward slash empires game for more. <laughs> 